Before we get started with this week's episode, I've got a few questions for you. Do you find yourself in that figuring it out stage of your career? Maybe you're trying to get to the next level, but you're not really sure what that next level exactly looks like. Perhaps you've got ideas and you're not sure what to do with them. If that sounds like you, then you need to check out the Discover Your Inner Awesome Masterclass. The Discover Your Inner Awesome Masterclass is our signature, interactive, 10-week program designed to give you complete control and clarity over the rest of your career. If you're in that figuring it out stage, the answer is not more certifications, credentials, and degrees. In fact, in a recent article published by the Washington Post titled, Why Self-Creation Matters More Than Merit, they said, Today, success isn't rising up a ladder of qualification, buying a good car, and starting a family. There is only one individual choice. Success is now about creating a personal identity. Creating a self has become a necessity. And in the Discover Your Inner Awesome Masterclass, that's exactly what we focus on. It's one half self-awareness, one half building your own project so that your name has value and that you do what you love and call the shots with complete flexibility and autonomy over your career. Check us out at www.discoveryourinnerawesome.com and apply for a seat in the next class. Again, that's www.discoveryourinnerawesome.com. All right, on with the show. Yo, this is JXL, and you're about to discover your inner awesome. That was the most radio thing we've ever done. I know. Whew, shit got kind of dark and serious there for a second. So why don't we bring the mood back up? Fuck song. Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Idea Lemons Discover Your Inner Awesome Podcast. My name is Rajiv Nathan. I'm the Idea Lemon co-founder and your show's co-host. And as always, I am alongside my co-founder and co-host, Martin McGovern. This is Discover Your Inner Awesome. The only show where you get to eavesdrop on conversations with entrepreneurs, artists, and musicians about the stories, the journeys, the struggles, but most importantly, the questions. The questions that help us better understand who we are, what we're doing, and how we can do it better. In this episode, we're sitting down with the man whose voice you hear underneath my voice right now, rapper JXL. He just dropped a new album titled Document 37. And in our conversation with JXL, we talked about something that he's been struggling with in his solo endeavor now as a rapper, which is basically handling everything. How do you be the boss? Before we get started with that conversation, we can put you in boss mode if you head to idealemon.com and join our tribe by subscribing to our email newsletter. It's totally free, and it's where we release all of the episodes of this show, as well as a whole bunch more to help you discover your inner awesome. Let's dive in now to our conversation with rapper JXL, where we explore how do you be the boss. Let's listen in. So, um, so for probably about six months now, I've been doing music full time, you know, like rapping and stuff and, and kind of learning the business aspect of it, you know, because a lot of rappers out there are not business minded and they kind of just hope that they're going to get discovered. <laughs> and realize that that model is like really outdated and that they're just waiting for nothing. But if I send a tweet? <laughs> yeah, but if I send a tweet to, you know, 50 Cent or like Eminem, they're going to just discover it and think I'm so unique and put me on. They hear me singing in church during the song. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. 
Yeah, yeah okay. of course. All right. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what are some of the things you have been doing then to get into the more the business side of it? So, um, so setting up an independent business. So the very first thing I did was got a square because I was selling my CDs hand to hand, you know, and that's because I, okay, so I was working retail, you know, for like health food stuff and just seeing through like the BS of like a lot of it and what, what's a pitch and what's something that someone actually needs and something that they don't need. Yeah. And I was like, I could do this for something that I totally and wholly believe in, you know, my music, like I'm going to deliver a quality product. Like I was selling well. Right. So I decided to just take that and just go after I performed shamelessly, just walk around and be like, Hey, would you like to cop a CD or if somebody initiates, somebody initiates a conversation like, Oh, I loved your music. I was like, thank you. You know, very, you know, thank you very much. It's awesome. You know, I have these CDs here. If you would like to cop one or like to donate. And then I started, you know, leaving places with like hundreds of dollars and I'm like, shit, like I could, you know, like low overhead, I could like pay rent with this, you know? And so I was like, and then I didn't opened up for tech nine before I quit my job. And that was the day that I really realized that I could be doing this full time. So a lot of people were telling me, oh, I don't, I don't have cash. You know, I don't, I don't carry cash. So I just got a square. And so, you know, that started taking credit card and that gave me hundreds of extra dollars, you know, a month. And uh, so, <clears throat> so I set up a, you know, sole proprietorship, you know, got that separate business account so the IRS couldn't mm-hmm. yeah. stick their fingers in it if they need to. <laughs> So now I'm a legit business. I can get screwed by the man. But, yeah. Um, and so the flexible hours, it's like, it feels nice to be self-motivated, not have some dick over your shoulder like, oh, come on, you need to do this, you need to do that. Oh, you're doing this wrong, you're doing that wrong. It's kind of just like I'm figuring it out myself and not have to deal with someone else's ego. It's just my ego now that yeah. I have to deal with Yeah. in order to, to do this. And so just... Um, yeah, it's kind of, you know, and then expanding merchandise as well. So I've got t-shirts and things. I just released that video, Fuck Retail. Like, when I made that song, I thought it was kind of a throwaway song. But I realized the crowd was getting, like, awesome responses because I guess it's, like, relatable yeah. and, like, kind of political. And I was like, all right, how ironic is this going to be once I get t-shirts that say Fuck Retail? And I'm like, <laughs> hey, buy these, guys. I already sells, been, man. They've been, they've been selling, right? Yeah, they've been selling. The song should be more appropriately titled "Fuck Working Retail for Someone Else." <laughs> <laughs> Fuck retail, except mine. Except mine. Mine's okay. It's called footnotes. <laughs> yeah, anti-capitalism is marketable. I think so. To go back to the, you mentioned the whole idea of just being able to sell your own stuff mm-hmm. and do it in a not sleazy way. That's something that is like probably the biggest hurdle for people to get over to be able to get started doing anything that involves like their own business and not someone else's Mm -hmm. because for whatever reason, I mean, maybe it's justified, but we all feel like we're pulling someone, something over on someone by Mm -hmm. trying to sell them something. Mm -hmm. But if you believe in what you've created and you know, you've put in a certain amount of effort to it and from one musician to another, I know the amount of effort it takes to to make an album Mm -hmm. And $10, quite honestly, is a steal when you think about yeah, it. exactly. <laughs> but then to just kind of like get over that and be like, no, no, I can do this. This is something that is, that does have value. And on top of that, to be like, all right, like that's a smart business move to be like, people are saying they don't have cash. Okay. How do, is this... Is this a real excuse, or did they, like would they buy it if they didn't have cash? Let well, me get a square reader. Find out. Yeah, and then, 
And some then, people, for some people, it is an excuse. I'm like, oh, oh. So like one or two people, like some people will be like guilt tripped and they'll be like, okay, all right. Yeah. Some people will be like, oh, you had it? Oh, awesome. That's how you could tell who really wanted it. Yeah. Uh, well, and I remember like when we bumped into each other in Whole Foods a few months ago, you, uh, I'd asked if you had any copies and you were like, yeah, on me. And I said, wait, do you have any, like, can I get it digitally? Because I don't even own a CD player anymore. Mm -hmm. And you were like, yeah. And then I think either that later that day or the next morning, I bought online because mm -hmm. I'm not gonna pull. I'm not gonna pull that shit on you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's the kind of stuff that you almost have to like, a as you start to create a business out of the out of the artwork. It is a lot of the, it, like that's market research basically. What you just did there was mm -hmm. okay. These guys don't have cash. Let me get a square reader so that I can swipe credit card for everyone. And then you're not walking around with these wads of bills in your pocket either. Mm -hmm. So it's a smart business move, and I There's think dollars that looks. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Mostly ones. Speaking, yeah, speaking of how to be a boss, <laughs> and you just go straight to the strip club. And you call <laughs> Shit. I got that CD money. <laughs> but this is the type of stuff that, Martin, to your point, what you've been telling a lot of people recently in the creative fields is mm -hmm. that you're not just the artist; like you're the artist entrepreneur. Entrepreneur. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you want to elaborate on that? Well, yeah, I think we it's it's two sided. So on the one hand, we start creating art for ourselves, right? And so we're like, well, this is something I want to do. So why should other people pay me for it? It's like it's a, it's when we work a job, we expect to get paid because we don't want to be there. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, it's like, well, I don't want to be here. So in order to keep me here, you have to pay me money, and that makes sense. <laughs> but if we're doing something we enjoy, we're like. Why would someone pay me to do what I enjoy? It's something I enjoy. And so there's that mental hurdle to get over. And then the other side of it is something you've run into, I know, where it's like, why would I pay you for doing something? Or, or why, would I, why pay would I pay you for a hobby? Why would I pay you for your hobby? And it's like, because I'm creating something that's entertaining. If you, if you don't think it's entertaining, don't pay me for it. Yeah. Fine. But if you find value in it of any sort, why wouldn't you? Like, we live in this... Uh, we live in a culture, especially music, where everyone expects things free because we grew up with Napster and Kazan mm -hmm. and, and things like that. And so it's like, well, yeah, but to then buy something seems like an even bigger hurdle. Even if you're, so like you're either supporting people you like because you really like them and you know them, or you're like, I'm just going to get it for free. Mm -hmm. And that seems to be a mindset that I've seen out there. So you've got both sides. You've got the internal struggle and then the external struggle of people telling you, well, I'm not going to buy that until you've made it. And I don't know. I'm curious yeah. what you guys think about that. Well, so, yeah, I see what you're saying. A lot of times it's like personal, like, oh, I like this person. And that's why I think it works well selling hand-to-hand, -hand, yeah. you know, because you, you know, go on stage and present this charisma. And then it's like you're selling that, you know, and it's kind of, it seems like superficial or something. But if my songs, like I'm talking about stuff that I actually like, you know, that I actually care about, yeah. you know, to an extent. And there's... There's a lot of sarcasm and there's a lot of like, you know, pretentious sounding, you know, spiritual shit in there. And people, people dig that. So when I talk to people hand to hand, if I can get five people to give me $10 in one night and then do that two nights in a row, that's like, you know, that's just, you know, that's definitely over minimum wage. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And I'd rather be doing that at minimum wage than something else. But then the days it really pays off. Like where I get 20 people to give me $10 or, you know, 30 people, 40 people, those nights pay off for the ones that you only get, you know, yeah. like three people to buy something. 
Well, and that's what yeah. I love about this. Like, you really have to be vulnerable and put yourself out there. Like, Louis C.K., the way he sells his show now, I think it's brilliant. He, he has his email list, and he puts it out, and he says it's like two bucks an episode. And he's like, if that's too much, I'll change it. But, like, I need, to, I need you guys to buy at least an episode because here's all the cost that goes into it. Mm-hmm. Here's why I'm doing it. Versus, like, and it sounds like that's what you're doing. You're like, this is what I've created. You've seen me. You know me. This is, like, my charisma coming through. You're, you're, not, you're not buying someone's hobby. You're buying what they're bringing to the table, everything, their experiences. And that's what I think is so interesting about art. Mm-hmm. Well, in my experience last year when I released my EP – and you know, handful of people bought. And I said either I said it was a pay what you want thing. So some people paid ten, some people paid twenty, mm-hmm. some people paid two, some people just got to hit the get it for free button. Uh, but I had a couple people be like, "Why would I pay you for your hobby?" And I was like, "Yeah, I understand it's something I'm doing on the side, but I put years of effort into this, and for you to say it's not worth anything." Like, that's a, that's a huge, like, ego hit for one. But also, mm-hmm. it's like, who are you to say it's not worth any money to anyone else? Mm-hmm. And the other side of it, too, I think, with just the way money works and how we operate with money, usually, if you don't pay for it, you don't place any value on it. Mm-hmm. So, like, the number of CDs I have that were just, like, given out to me at, like, shows, and they're just, like, there's a stack I mean, that I haven't listened to, exactly. right? Uh, dude, I honestly, I rarely listen to something that someone gives me for free unless mm-hmm. I know them or know it's yeah. really good. And that's the kind of stuff where it's like, you know, I can keep giving this out for free. And some people are fine with just doing it for free. And, and again, in my case, it was if you don't want to pay anything, pay nothing. Mm-hmm. If you feel like this is worth a few dimes, then pay me. But like the, the idea there is like if you're going to be the boss of your own brand, you have to know... You have to know that your stuff has value, and you have to be able to have the confidence to put it out there, I think. Because you're talking about merch now. You're talking about T-shirts. You're talking about things like that. And, like, every time I go see a band who's playing a show, I, I, don't, I, bought, I got a record player, and I don't buy records because I, if I did, I'd end up hoarding, like, shit tons of records. Mm-hmm. So I only buy records for shows that I've been to because mm-hmm. I only go to shows if I really like the band. Mm-hmm. And so, like, the, like maybe 13 records I have were like memories, shows, yeah. things I've been to. And I think that that's, that's the thing people need to be able to get across. And it's really easy in person, mm-hmm. but then like online, you kind of lose some of it. I know yeah. that's something we're, we're running into, where in person we're super charismatic and people know and they want to buy. Mm-hmm. But then you get through the online channels, people you maybe haven't met in person. How do you then transition that same feeling? Yeah, exactly. And that's kind of where I'm at now. You know, because I'm getting all these video promotion. Because in person, there's almost like this thing like people want to support you because they want to show you that they're supporting you. Yeah. Like, see, I like you. Remember, I was here <laughs> when you weren't there. But over over the internet, it's kind of just like, oh, this person's not going to see that I bought this CD. So what, you know, why should I buy this? Or why should I even buy this T-shirt? So I don't know. Like you said, sometimes it's almost like I don't want to buy it until you've made it. Because you know, like... Like Hobson, you guys know Hobson, right? No. His MC, like I'm sure he has no problem selling, or Tech Nine, for example. Yeah. Tech Nine has no problem selling merch over the internet because he's already famous, yeah. right? Because those people know that when they bought that shirt, oh, I just, I just got it. People know that when they bought that shirt, that a lot of other people are going to recognize who Tech Nine is and they're going to look cool because they're yeah. wearing Tech Nine stuff. Yeah. Like, oh, Tech Nine, I love Tech Nine. Right. But if they're wearing this random person JXL. 
like that no one has heard of or something is not gonna look cool it's gonna look random or you know what i mean yeah so i think the way that maybe we could get past that is that something that's like it does not necessarily exclusive to your work so for example something like fuck retail so i have t-shirts that literally say fuck retail and a lot of people walk down the street somebody will be offended somebody will be like yeah i worked in retail and fuck that shit <laughs> so some, you know it'll be like relatable it, it's something that's not just a picture of you on the shirt like you know <laughs> giving a thumbs up yeah it's like um like a message and so maybe somebody who's never even heard the music would want to buy that because yeah. they're just kind of like yeah fuck that job yeah, and yeah. you know i don't know i don't know yeah, yeah well it's, it's getting past the it's basically it's meeting people halfway mm-hmm. like you can only put your face on so many things, Raj, right? we're going to have to put your thumbs-up t-shirt on hold. <laughs> <laughs> like, you can only put, like, your own, like, image, trademark, logo, whatever, on, like, so many things, and it's only going to mean something to so many people to start. Mm-hmm. But if you can meet people halfway and say, all right, what do they want? Let me just give them that. And then it's, like, fuck retail, and maybe on the back, it maybe has your website somewhere, like, at the top near the neck, or maybe it doesn't. But now you're getting the message out there, and everyone who buys the shirt... They're going to get into conversations with people. Where'd you get that shirt? Oh, it's actually this rapper I like, JXL. Hmm. And like he's got really cool music. You should check it out. That's how the word of mouth stuff, I think, starts to pick up. Yeah. Um, I remember the thought I had that I lost before about okay. the, the money thing. All right. Well, I have something. Do that, and then I'll go. Okay. On the money side, if you aren't willing to pay someone to start, how can you expect them to keep going? Right, And for some people, it may just forever be a hobby. Like in my case, it may forever be a side hobby. And some people are okay with just doing it for free and, and all that stuff. But like, you know, it costs money to have equipment. <laughs> or I mean, there's a one-time cost to get equipment. But then like if you're going to go put in like recording time at a studio, um, if you're going to get merchandise, any of that stuff, all that stuff costs money. So it's like you can say, yeah, well, this is just a hobby. I'm not going to pay for it. But then it's also saying... It's not worth it for you to continue to pursue because it's not worth my money. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a distinct, there's a, a massive distinction between whether someone's doing something as a hobby and someone's doing something to like try and get, get it somewhere, right? I don't know. I'm asking. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't, because people won't, the thing is, people, like I, what, what you said before, I think it's like they don't want it until you've made it, like mm. air quotes made it. Like, people, it takes a while for people to take things seriously, even if you're taking it seriously. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I forgot my point now. So. Uh, oh, okay, sure. so I should ask you, do you, want, do you want it to be a hobby, or do you want to, do you want to be a full-time musician? Uh, I see music being incorporated into, like, all the other things I'm doing. So, mm-hmm. like, with our business, like, we include, you know, like, our online class, we include rap recaps as part of the lecture material so every lesson there's me doing a rap recap at the end of it Mm -hmm. um and i'm going to become a yoga instructor pretty soon and i see myself doing live music yoga classes so i kind of see it as i'm never full-time anything i'm always like part-time everything and maybe that sounds good it sounds bad i don't know but sounds terrible to me (laughs) (laughs) but i look at it as what we're doing with our business i look at that as like the lead thing mm-hmm. and then everything else like starts to filter or funnel out from there mm-hmm. so music like I, I don't think i'll ever be just a rapper and doing nothing else mm-hmm. like i don't think i'm wired to just do one thing because even when i did have a job i was doing five things on the side 
And now even that the main job is entrepreneurship, I'm still doing things on the side. So I see it as something I personally still take seriously, but I'm using it in different outlets. So I, I've played shows and I'll continue to play shows, but I look at it as like, how can I use my talents and my abilities to further what we're trying to build with our company? And that's like my, that's my driving force right now. Okay. Makes sense. Well, and I think, but that's, that's the distinction. So as I was trying to figure out the hobbies versus like full time, like it's whatever you're leading with, right? Like we expect people to pay us for the stuff we do for Ideal Lemon and you expect people to pay you for your albums because that's what you're leading with, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's like, as you're trying to figure out what your business is, you need to know what you're leading with in order to know what everything's funneling up to. Right, and so it's like the merch funnels back to the albums and like and your and what you're creating. Mm -hmm. So for you, the raps funnel back to the course, mm -hmm. and like there's there's a certain thing that you're leading with that is your thing, and then you bring in all the elements of yourself into that. So like you need to understand, you know, the art. You need to coordinate animators. You need to figure out all that stuff in order to get the main thing to keep going forward. Mm -hmm. Right. That's exactly it, man. You know, the ultimate thing is, so my website right now, I'm just setting up the online store and I wanted to have it set up, you know, I wanted to have it set up like right when this video dropped, um, but it just didn't happen, you know, it just, because I don't work on the website, so it just didn't happen. Um, maybe I should, you know, I always feel like I want to just like learn all the things involved with this, like yeah. doing music videos, learn how to animate the music videos, learn how to do graphic design. And right. Maybe I'll, even, maybe I'll even knit the damn t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't know, man. But, you know, I can't do that. I can't do that. And so um, sometimes you just got to be patient and wait for someone else to work for you. But yeah, so working on the website, I want it all to funnel back to the merch, obviously. Like that's it. So it's like, why don't I just even start a freaking t-shirt company, you know? Well, because I guess that's what you could say Tech Nine is all about. Like he's just the, you know, like a, you know, a clothing and backpack company and sticker company or yeah. something with a, you know, with um, a really awesome rapper leading the whole thing, and then it all just goes back to the. That, but the that clothes. is you're you're right though. That is it's every musician is a business. Mm -hmm. You see the artistic music side of it front and center, but what is that doing? It's allowing these other things to happen. It's allowing the music videos to be produced. It's allowing the merch to be sold, mm -hmm. the concert tickets to be sold, all that stuff, and those people to get paid as well. Mm -hmm. And that's really where I think, particularly in the artistic field, to go back to this, like, you're an entrepreneur, it's, this is what a lot of people ignore, that you're kind of, like, focusing in on right from the start, which is cool. But a lot of people ignore the business aspect of it, thinking, I can just paint, I can just rap, I can just, you know, play guitar. And Money will people will, yeah, find people will see the yeah. art and appreciate the art. But that's why starving artist is a thing. Mm -hmm. You know, like that term wouldn't exist if everyone took the business angle to it as well and mm -hmm. understood it as, that, you know, yeah, I'm making music, but this is a business I'm building that is supported by music essentially mm -hmm. like music is the biggest quote-unquote donor to the business mm -hmm. and if if we have more of a compass on that then there's less people who are in this starving artist mentality or even just state of life 
Well, maybe they should just stay there so that way there's more room. Yeah, yeah, more room for people like you, exactly. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I just have this, like, so then I fluctuate between this, like, compassion for humanity and the needs to be better and then, like, just straight-out frustration with people's ignorance and just like, well, fuck them. If they don't want to learn, then maybe they should just stay there. I'm going to go ahead and just do what I need to do and be focused. You know what I mean? And not let people distract me. And so, like, I don't know. My motivation to do all this stuff is somewhere in between compassion and fuck them. So I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) It's confusing. Which is, I mean, I think that's that's an interesting balance because it's like the fuck them keeps you going, (laughs) but the compassion keeps you grounded almost, right? Yeah, yeah. Without the compassion, you'd literally be like, stop, stop, stop. <laughs> like, There'd be no every, business. Every yeah. song would be fuckery yeah. Every song would be fuckery yeah. <laughs> What do you um, think is, so you mentioned you've got the website, someone else is handling that. The mm-hmm. video production, someone else is handling that. Do you edit your own music? I do not. So engineering, outsource that because I went to school for audio engineering and then I realized I did not want to be an audio engineer. So I just wanted to be an artist. Yeah. That was it. So I guess my function is the artist and CEO, manager, you know, of this company. Right. So I just coordinate everything and put it all. Right now it's just me. You know, I don't have anybody on my team except me. And that's kind of how it's always been. I just always kind of showed up places by myself and like, you know, unless I'm throwing something big, then, you know, get people to come out. But I would like to find some like-minded individuals, you know what I mean, to like join the team because it's kind of just like only so much I could do by myself, you know, I, yeah. so I can make music. I just really want to just focus on making the music, but, you know, obviously I've got all these other things that I need to do. Yeah, well, so how, how are you kind of managing then the fact that I think this is one of the toughest things is delegating work when it's your own thing, having other people take certain roles and take over the work. How do, how do you, I guess, manage or cope with that? Uh, so I make a lot of bulleted lists, <laughs> <laughs> like a lot, like incessantly. Oh, is that the right way to use that word? Sounds right. Yeah. yeah. So I just make a lot of bulleted lists and just say, okay, call this person for this, call this person for this on this day, mm-hmm. call this person for this. And what am I going to do? I'm going to work on this music and, you know, just understand exactly what it is I need to do, which is usually call the person, say, here's money, do this for me, please. Here's money, do this for me, please. Okay, now I need to go hit up this show and sell this merch to pay for that person. Okay, now I need to supplement with this little open mic here pay for that person and people will be like what are you doing at this open mic and I'm just like I'm making money yeah <laughs> you know what I mean it's like if I can make $30 you know here and then hit up another open mic and make another $30 well shit that just paid yeah. for you know something you know for a little something because yeah man it adds up and some people I, I, okay one of the things about e- rappers is they have gigantic egos and they're too proud to like sell their work hand to hand like, they can't be like, no, you know, I, I noticed that a lot of people could be doing what I'm doing, like, selling hand-to-hand, but they're just, like, too proud to, like, oh, I shouldn't have to walk up to people and ask yeah. them to buy it. They should walk up to me. Yeah, yeah. If, I, if I didn't walk up to people and ask them that they want to buy it, I would not have been able to do this. Yeah. You know, I would not have been able to, like, eat for six months, you know? <laughs> and so that's just getting over that. That's a really great point, too, because, like, you have, when when... When you're an artist, you have such big ideas of things you want to create. 
right? Mm-hmm. And like, but you're like, well, I can't sell out because I, I need to create this amazing thing. But it's like the only way you're gonna ever make that amazing thing is if you go through the steps to get the money to be able to make that amazing thing. Exactly. And it's like, and and I think one of the weird things is the disconnect between um, the people that we look up to and the things that they did to get to where they are. And so, like, we look up to people like, you know, famous filmmakers and rappers and musicians and all this stuff, and we're like, they didn't have to sell out, listen to their songs. And they're like, got here by myself. It's like, (laughs) not true. Not true at all. (laughs) Yeah, it's like... No one, how can you get there by yourself? (laughs) Yeah, and so I feel like there is sort of um, a weird... I'm going to say fake perception, but there's a better way to say it. But, like, there's this kind of bubble that's projected of, like... Somehow they made it without trying. <laughs> yeah. And that's a huge fallacy. Yeah. And it's, like yeah. like you look at Mark Zuckerberg, it's like he made it up in, in college and didn't have to work at all to get to where he is now. It's yeah. like bullshit. He he probably has the craziest schedule you'll ever see. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um and then he like learned crazy languages like Mandarin. And like, <laughs> like Mandarin. Yeah. And so like I don't know. Like so th- but that's the thing. It's like how do you how do you, I guess maybe some people don't, those are the fuck you people. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, but like there, there's the people on the edge there, right? And it's just like, you kind of just have to tip to the other side and be like, anyone who's gotten to the top, no matter how much it seems, is, and we talked about this on the podcast. Uh, with Esteban? With Esteban, where he's like, he's like, you look at Louis C.K. and he always talks about how he's fucking up all the time. But when he's not... But those are his jokes. That's just like what mm-hmm. he's putting out the there. Image That's the jokes. image that he's yeah. projecting. Behind the scenes, he's like business meeting, business meeting, business he's meeting. He's on his shit. Yeah. Otherwise, he wouldn't be rich. Right. <laughs> he wouldn't, every single week, he's releasing another episode. Like you don't yeah. accidentally get rich. That just doesn't happen. Exactly. <laughs> he, he understands that people relate to fucking up. Right. So he that's his business. Yeah. You know, that's his yeah. pitch. Yeah. yeah, I think. I just yeah, it's a really good point that people. Somehow want to believe that you don't have to work hard or do things you may not want to do to do the thing you want to do or do mm-hmm. the things you want to do. But the fact is, like, if you weren't selling CDs, you know, face to face, you wouldn't have been able to quit your job, right? Yes. Because you wouldn't have had anything to fall back on except mm-hmm. just whatever you were saving up from your job. Mm-hmm. Nor would you have had like, a, all right, what do I need to keep doing? to make sure I can replace the income and have food to eat and pay rent and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And this thing of pride, you're right. I think especially in the hip-hop community, it's like, no, people should come to me. I don't need to sell my shit. It sells itself. (laughs) No, it doesn't. It doesn't. And and it's like this with, like, everyone's story who's successful is, like, they had to, like, that's why hustling is, like, the, the phrase that everyone talks about, whether, you know, it's, like, drug dealing or just, like, working hard. Even if you're a drug dealer, you don't sell drugs by not being on the street and finding and talking to the customers. Like, they're not just knocking on your door if they don't know you exist. Mm. Depends on how good your math is, but... Well... <laughs> or, like, with... Blue stuff. Yeah. <laughs> then they'll hear about it. Blue magic. That's a brand name. Uh, even, like, Jay-Z, right? Everyone rejected him. And he's like, oh shit, well I have to start my own label if I want to make this happen. Mm. Even someone like him isn't a success right off the bat. Mm-hmm. He, everyone told him no, and he said, alright, what do I have to do to still make this happen? And it's, it's the same start, right? Like, while he's got, he started with Rockefeller Records and made it a label, 
your thing is essentially a label as well. Like you have it. I mean, is it like JXL? It's uh, so enlightened entertainment. I know it's pretentious, but it's like it's just easy to remember, right? Yeah. And it's kind of like yeah, just enlightened entertainment, yeah. right? It kind of sets the idea of like we're gonna talk about some stuff here, yeah. and like you know it um ee right. It's easy to remember. Yeah. And. Yeah, I'm st- I realize, okay, because I've done a lot of things where I've gotten hatered out of situations. Like, for example, like I'll go do a contest or some shit, and I know when I lose. Like, I've lost lots of rap battles, and like, I'm, okay, that guy got me. Like, definitely he yeah. won, right? But there are situations when I know I was better, and like, know for sure I was better, like, and was hatered out of something because of, I don't know if you guys ever heard about this guy, you know, the laws of power or whatever, but he talks about, if you want to get on the team of your boss, don't be better than the boss. Mm. Don't be better than the person already in power because they will get jealous and, you're, you. and you'll be threatened. And they will be threatened and not put you on. And so that's happened to me on, on several occasions, I've realized. So I'll show up somewhere and, like, you know, even some local thing, I'm not going to mention it. Like, I go up there and, like, blow the competition away, like, ridiculously, not even fair. Like, I sh- probably shouldn't even been competing in that. <laughs> like, it was not even fair. But I didn't even make it to the top four, and yeah. I realized that the judges were my peers, fellow rappers. Yeah. And I realized that I was hated out, of, hated out of a situation. Like, there was no reason why I should not have won yeah. other than they just didn't want to give me the prizes. Yeah. And then, you know, other things, gone to other states, and rappers, like, I was ciphering with them for an audition. Again, I'm not going to mention the organization. Like, I'm out, you know, ciphering with the other people and, like, killing them and, like, straight up, you know, obviously blowing them out of the water. And then I don't even... Then those guys get picked for the for the you know to win the thing, and I don't even like get an honorable mention. It's just kind of like, you know, if somebody sees that you're doing better, they won't want you to join the organization. So I realize that because they don't want you to you know take over or like threaten their power or their position. So how do I get on? Well, shit, I'm gonna have to put myself on. Because how do these people have this platform that everybody wants to audition for in the first place? Like, they just one day said, we're going to make a platform. Yeah, right. Well, shit, shit. I'm going to just go ahead and do the same thing. Because I realize that I have something, you know, like when you have random little, like, 15-year-old rappers, like, hitting you up, asking you for advice. That's something that people look up to, you know, and it's, it's interesting. And so it sounds, you know, narcissistic to say. But, like, you know, I realize that I've... Because of hard work my whole life, since I was 11, this is all I've ever done. I've developed this skill set that people look up to. So why can't I create my own platform and invite other people, you know, to join that? I have to put myself on if I really want to make it. And then when people start seeing me getting momentum, now they're going to want to fuck with me. Now they're going to want to do that. Now that they see I built something and I'm not just this free agent. There's more of our conversation with JXL in just a moment. But first, are you looking at your career trying to get to the next level, but not quite sure what that next level even really looks like? Well, you could definitely use the help of a peer support network, guided career workshop, and personal branding boot camp rolled into one. That's actually how Morgan describes the Discover Your Inner Awesome Masterclass. He's a current student in our program. In the Discover Your Inner Awesome Masterclass, you go through a 10-week journey that is one-half self-awareness and one-half taking action. You'll actually build and create your own side project. This is not a series of lectures on resume and cover letter writing. You can Google that information. This is all the stuff you can't Google. Learning about yourself and learning how to create something of your own so that your name carries value wherever you go and you can walk into any door, whether that's a new company, 
rising the ranks in your current company, or starting something on your own, in the Discover Your Inner Awesome Masterclass, you make that come to fruition. In fact, just recently, Andra, a graduate of our program, emailed Martin and I to let us know that she was hired on as the chief commercial officer at a company that is in an industry which she cares deeply about and wants to create change within. She entered our program in the figuring it out stage of her career. She told us that she wouldn't have had the courage or confidence to approach these opportunities without what she learned in the master class. So if you are looking for an inspired, mission-driven career, if you want to figure out that next level of your career, and if you want to do work that you love, apply to be part of the Discover Your Inner Awesome Masterclass at www.discoveryourinnerawesome.com. Again, that's www.discoveryourinnerawesome.com. Back now to our conversation with JXL. Yeah, and it's it's important to that idea of it's like, you know, it's the thing we harp on everyone who kind of goes who goes through our program is you got to create something yourself and have your own platform to stand on, no one else's, mm-hmm. because I mean, technically, otherwise, you're just still an employee. Like, you, you may have left your job working retail, mm-hmm. uh, but you're, if you go join someone else's label or whatever, you're still an employee. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's nothing wrong with that, but the carpet can be pulled out from underneath you. Yes. You can be told to do a bunch of things that you may not agree with or that you don't care about. But when you create your own platform, yeah, there's compromises you have to make. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, you call the shots on where you want to take it and what it's going to look like. Yeah, and that's... Sorry. It's the whole thing with like every single big brand rush to Facebook to like create audiences on Facebook and like build their brand on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And then they did that for years and years and years. And then one day Facebook said, yeah, you have to pay us now. Oh, and all that work was just like, <laughs> now you cannot get your content seen unless you're paying Facebook for it. And like, that's the problem of building your platform on someone else's stage. Mm-hmm. It's that they own that stage. And if you don't own the stage and the audience, then the audience just moves with them because they have all the power. And I think what you were saying at the beginning, you're like, I'm already doing this for brands. So I can easily just do this for myself because I actually believe in what I'm doing. So you're taking the same mindset that anyone who's building a platform and an audience uses and applying it to yourself. And then you're saying, if I own the fans, this stage doesn't matter because I can be on any stage. That is exactly it. Exactly. Exactly, man. So Facebook has been a gigantic hurdle in this because, you know, I have like, you know, 1,600 likes or something, right? <laughs> but I have to pay to reach them yeah. and that creates a, a hurdle. So now it's an expense. And so one of the hurdles I'm dealing with today, the thing I'm trying to freaking figure out is because I uploaded this video to YouTube called Fuck Retail. And so I tried to sponsor an ad for it on Facebook, you know, because that will get me a lot more hits and eventually lead to more money. But they wouldn't run it because it says fuck in the title. Mm-hmm. Like it won't run it. So I went to YouTube and I changed the title, you know, to F asterisk CK mm-hmm. retail and then tried to post it on Facebook again, but it just shows the old mm-hmm. URL. The so metadata hasn't caught up. Yeah, it hasn't caught up yeah. yet. And so like, I'm like, damn, so now I can't sponsor this ad on Facebook. They own the stage that well, I know, need to be on. And now know? Facebook is battling with YouTube for video. So if you post so YouTube it's to not Facebook, priority, no yeah. one's seeing it. You have to I, post it on Facebook for Facebook people to see. And that's what exactly I've noticed. And Facebook has figured out a way to, you know, because YouTube, I can make money off of that. 
You can't make right. money off of a face. Uh, can you? You can't Not make. To my knowledge, you no. can't make money off of a Facebook video. So they found a way to fuck us again in that area. So yeah. So I've seen a lot of people have shared this video. I feel like maybe two years ago it might have gone viral because of the amount of people who have shared this video. But because the algorithm doesn't prioritize that, I see every every single person that that re, that shared my video for fuck retail. It's only got one like. And I know that's I know that's not because pe- only one person liked it. I know that's because maybe only two people saw it. Right. And so like that's effectively like fucked that. So yeah. I'm just like, I need to make a song called "Fuck Facebook." Man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but then they'll show it because it has Facebook in the title. Yeah. Like the part of it. They're like, oh, he's talking about Facebook. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Any no publicity is bad publicity, right? And now they got like the thumbs down button, right? So <laughs> I don't know, man. I need to call out one of these pseudo YouTube stars some, they'll mention me and be like no well fuck this guy that'll get free I'll get free just, just calling out people purely for the views <laughs> just creating that. that's exactly what Biggie and Tupac that's South <laughs> yeah right yeah before they were viral before viral South Park's entire episode of making fun of YouTubers yeah yeah the PewDiePie one uh, I think this was pretty PewDiePie yeah. I don't know who knows <laughs> any case uh, this idea of being the boss and being both like the boss, like huh, the boss, the and, boss, and being an actual boss, a lot of it's coming down to like this. These are all like methods of market research, right? Mm-hmm. Market research and marketing and channel optimization is what that, that last like couple minutes came mm-hmm. down to. And so much of it comes from actually being dedicated to the craft beyond. Well, I faced one hurdle, so it must not work. Yeah. Because that's what a lot of people do. They go up against the first first hump of like uh, pushback, mm-hmm. whether from people or from technology or whatever. And they're like, all right, I, I gave it a shot. That's about it. But that, you know, a lot tons of people just fall over and die with their creativity because mm-hmm. of that. Quote, unquote, I don't do technology. Oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> if you don't do technology, well, fuck. <laughs> You're fucked. I don't know yeah. what else to say. This is... Probably won't live much longer. <laughs> Probably won't live much longer. <laughs> but these other, these other things, it's like, this is how you start to own your work, is own the, pro- not just the creative process, but the business process, too. It's what are the things I need to do to put my face in front of the more people and the right people. Because if you see Facebook's not working, it's like, all right, shit, what do I have to do? It's like, what do I tweak? You're, while being a, a musician, you are like, you're a startup. Mm-hmm. It's just a startup of you and your own music. Though. Mm-hmm. And these are all the things that startups have to go through. Mm-hmm. How do we find our right audience? How do we reach them? What's, you know, where can we put in their hands first? Like the minimum viable product is you putting a CD in their hands and taking the square reader. Mm-hmm. The thing that it grows to in five, ten years, you know, you're getting, you're doing tours across the Midwest. Mm-hmm. Maybe 10, 15 years, you're doing tours nationwide. I hope it happens way sooner. But that's like, it, you know, it starts with the one small thing. And then you're like, all right, how did that work? Or what didn't work and what worked? How do I amp up what worked? And how do I address what went wrong? Mm-hmm. And then make the next thing happen. Yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna work. It's gonna happen. And I'm not saying that from like some hippie like you know like oh just put your mind to it it'll happen. I mean like you're not saying that because your hair your hair's in dreads. Yeah, I'm not saying that because <laughs> my hair's in dreads. I'm saying that because like I know I have a viable product. Yeah, like it sells. And I know that. Like you yeah. said, now I just need to figure out how the hell to get to the people. So if you have any advice on that, because it seems to me like you guys are doing well, 
How do you okay. how do you get how do you get to the people, man? You know, like I recommend you, you start an email newsletter. Get yeah. everyone recruited through like use Mailchimp. Get everyone recruited through an email newsletter. So now you have a direct line to reach to everyone, that. and you can ask them in the newsletter. Hey guys, you know how YouTube and Facebook suck? How about you guys just send this to like three friends that you think would really love it? Yeah. Or like, like, what are you using? Like, mm-hmm. like we've found like Blab is a thing. I don't know if you know, know about that. that it's a new yeah. like social media app that is like you can do like live chats. It's, it's like, like it's like, like, like a, you host you, your own TV yeah, show through an app. Mm-hmm. So you could just like be freestyling on Blab and people will like tap into a lot you. of people on that. It's gaining popularity. Like it's like Periscope's competitor. I but guess. it's mm-hmm. it's not. Are there a lot of people on that? Are your people on that? Mm-hmm. That's like you could yeah, be on Facebook, idea. Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, Blab, and all that shit. But if all of the people, like if you're if you're a painter, all of your people are on Instagram or Pinterest. Like they're not going to be on Twitter because they're image people. They're not word people. And so like that's the. I think that's the biggest thing that people. Like, they try and spread themselves so thin, and there's no way to be perfect at every single one of those channels unless you have a team working with you to be perfect on all those channels. And, like, you need to pick mm-hmm. the one that you like the most that your audience is looking at. And so... Uh, yeah, that's why it's Facebook, man. Yeah. I don't know. I wish everybody would get off Facebook. Yeah. So this would be so the much easier. The thing you can do is just Snapchat. funnel it all through your personal Facebook because mm-hmm. that you don't have to pay for. Isn't and people will see it. I mean that that's what I'm doing too, but I realize that they still don't prioritize um, YouTube videos on that. Like uh, that's yes. that's why I wanted to sponsor the ads because yeah. maybe then if I give them money, hopefully that. They... But then maybe Facebook becomes the channel where you just use it to interact with your with your audience, mm-hmm. right? So like you know you heard of Hoodie Allen, mm-hmm. so he's someone who I was following like five years ago. Yeah, five years ago mm-hmm. when he was just up and coming, and he would get into Twitter, like he would tweet every one of his fans back. If you tweeted him, he'd tweet mm-hmm. you back. And that's not necessarily a scalable thing, which is also what startups are supposed to do at the beginning is do things that don't scale. Mm-hmm. Selling CDs in person is not scalable. Yeah. Right. Yeah, of course not. Yeah. But <laughs> Imagine me walking through a stadium. Like, but look at the... <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> is, is, is that like a popcorn guy? It's like the CD. <laughs> I, I need like eight hands. <laughs> <laughs> But if you look at like what he did, right? It's not a scalable thing to be able to tweet every single person once he's amassed so many followers, which, and like you know he's to the point where he's played Conan, he does national tours now. Mm-hmm. But when he was just playing like Reggie's Rock Club and Bottom Lounge, like he from Chicago? No, he's the East Coast guy. Mm-hmm. Like I was there because I felt like I was going to see a friend show, even mm-hmm. though I'd never met him before. Mm-hmm. And he would t- he actually still does this first. Um, well, what he used to do was picture with everyone in line, like individually mm-hmm. now he does first like tw- 10 people in line i think but he built up that like experience that this is more than just this guy and his music this is a personal connection that we feel with him so now i actually don't like his music so much anymore because i think once he got signed he had to make his music more poppy mm-hmm. and i don't necessarily like the sound of it mm-hmm. um which he's still doing well so props to him but i still give him so much credit and I still talk about him to people and I want people to go listen to his music even if I'm not doing it exactly because I was on board like in stage one Mm -hmm. and myself and many other people like even to the point where uh, I went to a show I went and saw him at Bottom Lounge and then like seven months later he was back in Chicago somewhere else maybe like the Vic and Mm -hmm. I tweeted him and and when I went to Bottom Lounge show I went with uh, one of my friends who's a girl and my girlfriend at the time how many people were there? 
probably like a 150 person show. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Whatever their capacity is. Uh, so I went, I went to the bottom line show with my girlfriend at the time and my other friend who's a girl. And then when I, he came back like seven months later, I tweeted him and I was like, yo, looking forward to seeing you this weekend. And he tweeted back. He was like, are you bringing those mad biddies again? And I was like, how the hell do you remember that? And he did. But because I think because that became like a natural pattern for him, mm-hmm. which was I'm going to meet and get to know my fans as best mm-hmm. as I can. So that way when he gets bigger, it's like he can still rely on those experiences. It's a good luck too. Yeah. People are like, oh, he's a personable guy. Exactly. Right. And he would do things like like live stream video chats with fans at like 2 in the morning. I remember being on that. <laughs> good PR. Uh, he, and he would just like practice. He'd be like, what do you guys think of this song? Like I'm thinking about maybe making an album or maybe, cool maybe making a track yeah. out of this. Yeah. And that's the kind of stuff that, again, it's not scalable, but you get that base people who just love you. Mm. And if you can build a small group of people who love you, then it's like it's a tiered effect where it's like core people who love you, which fans out to more people who like you a lot, more people who have heard of you. And people who like a song. Yeah. 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 (laughs) And then the people who like the T-shirt. As long as I can get some find some way to get a million people to give me one dollar. There you go. (laughs) How do I do that? It's that that easy. (laughs) It's that easy. Well, and that's where like even this, like, you know, you guys met we saw you play and like it's like now you're here and now we're gonna send this to our fans like that's how you start that, that's how people need to start thinking about their work where it's like okay so Facebook is uh, not showing YouTube alright so put my videos directly on Facebook alright that's not getting seen Facebook just came out with Facebook Live alright let's see what I can do with Facebook Live it's basically Snapchat on Facebook but like that's because it's it's Facebook's new technology, so they want more people to use it, so they're going to show it more. Mm-hmm. And so if you start to, like, you've already got the uh, audience research side down. Like, you know how, who in your audience is reacting to things. Like, you're already like, I created a show that said, fuck retail, it's going really well, sweet. I'm doing the audience research. Now it's the opposite side, which is like, all right, how can I cut through the noise that's out there? And it's like, what is and this is where I think a lot of artists are like well I'm into art so I'm not gonna and this is like I don't do technology right mm-hmm. it's like you have to at least be reading the headlines of like what is Facebook's newest thing like when Foursquare came out their biggest thing was check-ins if you weren't doing check-ins at shows back when Foursquare came out like you could comment on people's check-ins like friend them on the check-ins and stuff great that that's gone now so what's new Snapchat's new talk directly to your fans who's the guy that's Huge on Snapchat right now, the rapper. DJ Khaled. Yeah. <laughs> right? And so, like, he is... He went from, like, being unknown to being, like, on Ellen because of Snapchat. Or yeah. not unknown, but, like, I mean, he, unknown he to went Ellen. Because he became yeah. a meme, basically, because yeah. yeah. he's, like, got such a personality. Yeah. Yeah. You know, fat and I yell a lot. He's like, <laughs> my bitch. Yeah. So now, now he's on Ellen, and now all these, you know, like, 40-year-old white women know who he is. I'm yeah, like, I mean, yeah. that's true, right? Yeah, right. And I've been showing people DJ Khaled because he's hilarious. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's yeah. just like, he's like, he's got this like harmless, like, like uh, ego about him. <laughs> yeah. It's harmless, it's harmless, harmless. harmless narcissism. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, that's so cute. DJ <laughs> he's like, I've been working another out. One. And I'm like, really? He's like, I changed. Another I one. <laughs> another one. It's <laughs> hilarious. See, I don't know. And then, you know, obviously I'm thinking about novel things to do like that, right? But I don't think you have to be novel. I think you just have to, like, 
be yourself. So one of the things, like we created this sales page for our, our thing. We, we were going through it the other day and we're like, this is just not us. Like it just sounds so salesy and like whatever. And we're <laughs> like, what can we do to like make this better? It's like, dude, wrap it. Like that's what we do at the end of every freaking show or at every mm -hmm. freaking uh, module. So like now we're gonna record a rap on the sales page. And like that's a step closer to the direction of like, like we're pushing you to like we're pushing artists to be more entrepreneurial. We're pushing entrepreneurs to be more artistic. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what's really interesting because you've got you've got people who have widgets over here, and they're like, how do we pull in artists to sell our widgets? And then you've got artists over here saying like, how do I use those widgets to promote my work? Yeah. <laughs> and like everybody needs an angle. Yeah. And like, how long so, can this go on? Right. <laughs> but I think there's like the middle ground of like the artist who knows how to use the widgets and like boom like that's going to be that's always what's that's why jc is jc it's like he's the artist that understood the widgets as well so you've got like marketers over here being like i wish i could create better stuff and then you've got artists over here being like i don't want to touch all that stuff and like then you've got the people in the middle who really fucking own it mm -hmm. yeah i think also it's it's a build right like i'm sure there was a point where you're like, can I get one person to buy my CD? And then <laughs> yeah. one person did. And then like now it's like, I need to get 10 people and that's like your expectation. Yeah. You know, like, and I caveat this with we have a long way to go, but last summer when we were running the beta of our online class, mm -hmm. I was like, is anyone gonna pay $89 for this? Or first it was $59 for pushing his CDs. Hmm. Maybe, I don't know if Kickstarter is the best analogy, but it's just, it's an idea of like, what else can you do? Mm. But also thinking it, about it from their perspective, like, what do they want? Yeah. Like, if if I'm following my favorite band, and like, so, all right, so I, I have an example. I went and saw one of my favorite bands, Tally Hall at, Lincoln's, at Lincoln Hall. Tally Hall at Lincoln Hall. <laughs> and like, one of the dudes who's like, kind of in the band, like, he's in the band, but he like, does the, uh, like, little instruments on the sides, and then he like video blogs everything and so i remember sitting there being like who was that guy who was like running around the stage with the camera and then i went online and i looked him up and i was like oh they have this like blog that they do it's called the bora log and like this guy's name is bora and he like runs around he just makes vlogs about every show and then i was like wait a second this vlog was dated the day that i went and so I went I to wonder the, if I'm in there. I wonder if I'm, I'm in there. I watched it like four times. I found myself in the vlog and I was like, no shit. <laughs> I, you know, I tell everyone about that band and it's just like, I have one of their records. I have a t-shirt. I got my little brothers into it. I got like all these people into it. And it's, like, that's the kind of thing where it's like, they weren't sitting there going like, hmm, how can we turn this video blog into money? They were just like, Bora likes video. <laughs> and Bora went out and did video. Yeah. And like, I think that, you know, you could, I, I think sometimes it's like so, cool things happen, but you can't bank on it. So it's like, be strategic about like, what are the ways, what are the things I'm interested in that would also be things that the audience is interested in? So like the rap stuff, it's like, you're interested in that. If the audience wasn't interested in that, we'd stop. <laughs> Maybe you. Thankfully. <laughs> no, you, would, you wouldn't stop in your life. Yeah. You'd stop on our... Like, yeah. we'd stop. Like, a condescending way. <laughs> Like when my boss like, can we line this up, please? <laughs> but they commented positively, yeah. and so now they're getting more yeah. and more and more. And then I'm gonna learn how to beatbox, and yeah. like cool. that's. And if they tell me I'm sucking at beatboxing, which I am, and they tell me to stop, I will stop. Yeah. For them, I will keep doing it for myself. But that's I think the the cool thing. It's like once you start realizing that 
um, you can get, like, if you're a painter, you don't have to just paint. You can do other things you're interested in to connect with people in more ways. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think, too, so, like, with the rap stuff, right? So, we taught an in-person workshop a couple weeks ago, and we, for the first time, we taught what part of the material we taught it and then we wrapped it back to everyone like I wrapped and he beatboxed and it didn't go well but it was like that was our minimum viable product like let's just and I was like I didn't even remember the words like I, I fumbled half halfway through but everyone was so blown away by that because it's something they haven't seen before mm-hmm. and even though we screwed it up they were like that was the coolest thing ever and then we did it again the next you know a few days later in a different workshop and it went perfectly and no one's seen a DJ Khaled video before <laughs> <laughs> And that's the kind of stuff where it's like, yeah, you have to follow certain just like business rules, right, to make sure you're on the right track. Like, you know, have certain metrics you're staying on top of, make sure you're hitting certain numbers. But then it's like, what are, you know, to quote our friend and mentor Srini from the Unmistakable Creative Podcast, he's like, what are you doing to be unmistakable? Now you've got it down, like your lyrics are pretty unmistakable and you're the, the depth in which you speak at as well as the speed all you know the, the total package <laughs> your, your music's pretty unmistakable but then it's like to cut through the music of just like how do people find you besides just the fact that it's while well, I have really good lyrics and my songs are good it's like what are the other things I can be doing that give people a window into what they basically get people on board and get people an opportunity to spend a little money yeah well that and like you want to say and for instance uh you know as we were talking about you earlier um you were introduced as rap god fast Hmm. yeah when i was telling him he was like who are we podcasting with today uh i was like listen to the music he's like you can rap like faster than rap god i mean i'm on rap god and then we read (laughs) your about or no your reviews on your site, your like the fake like reviews you put on your site. Oh, yeah. yeah. I just put those on Yeah, yesterday. which is like, that was like the most entertaining five minutes of the day. So Good, like, man. That's yeah. exactly so what I want to So figure out how to get more of that in front of people. Yeah, see, like the sarcastic yeah. humor, like, yeah. it's something that I'm picking up lately. Like, I literally have a song on this album called Insert Some Inspirational Shit Here. it's like like, it is kind of an inspirational song but it's like sarcastic too like the self-aware like okay i understand i'm being kind of pretentious here but here's like you know like you know here's my two cents right yeah Uh, it's that it's that stuff and i think uh i mean one of the things i just wrote about for our blog was this idea of creating feedback loops for yourself mm -hmm. like having something that is going to give you feedback like on everything you're doing that is important to you so that way you know what's working and what's not, and it keeps you motivated to get the next feedback, piece of feedback, like that's why it's a loop. Mm-hmm. And like for us, like we teach the workshops a lot, but then at the end people will be like, oh, I really like that. And we'll always ask, what, like, what specifically did you like best? And they'll tell us, and we're like, all right, that thing's working, because a lot of people have said, you know, they liked the way mm-hmm. we presented, like we use like the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air in our presentation talk about the art of storytelling and we're like all right that reference is working but then other things are people are like yeah i kind of got confused on this or they just never mentioned it we're like all right let's find a different way to talk about that and it, like i don't view it at all as compromising our work i view it as making it stronger Tighter. and more relevant to the people it's we want to reach hmm. and that's the you know, that's the marketing brain behind it um meeting the creative brain halfway that seems to be the goal, right? Yeah. 
mean halfway? Because I've heard, I've heard rappers that on the internet tucked away somewhere in some nook that I'm just like, oh, they're better than me. Like, you know, they're like, they're definitely they got something, right? Mm -hmm. But you see them nowhere else. Like, they're just in this one random SoundCloud page with like two hits and they're just like amazing. And, you know, you're just like, why? Like, they don't realize that they have this product that they can sell. And I'm just, like you said, it's, you can have all, you can be the most amazing rapper in the world. It doesn't matter if like, you know, you could also be like young thug <laughs> and super rich. You right. Know? And then I see a lot of up and coming rappers, you know, like the, the technical, like it's almost becoming cliche now. Like, you know, the random technical, well-articulated, you know, MC, they're all coming out of the woodwork. So now I think what's going to distinguish it is what they have to say. And so now even that's somehow becoming cliche because Kendrick Lamar is up here, you know, with this commercial, yeah. like, conscious conscious commercial stuff. And so now it's almost like a competition to who can be more conscious and more technical and more, <laughs> and it's ridiculous. Yeah. But just, like, I find the my new angle on all of that is being sarcastic, is being, like, self-aware. Like, see, look at this. I'm trying to get rich, but I also have a few things to say. So here is my take. Like, here is... Here is a daily anxiety that I go through with, and that's so I'm rapping about all of it. It's almost like a self fulfilling prophecy or something. Like it's like a feedback loop yeah. of I am frustrated about not making it in a rap. So let me make a song about that, about how I'm going to make it in a rap. But I'm frustrated, or yeah. I have desires to do this. I have desires for this, desires for this, and like you know, turn it into music. Yeah, but I think you know the things that's like you're for and we i first heard you three years ago at the gala open mic mm. right and then we met again whenever it was like last year probably maybe mm. end of the previous no i think last year early last year uh because i was going to the gala again and and we hooked up there but the thing i remember like from seeing you again two you know two years later almost was the second I saw you, I was like, that's the phytoplankton riboflavin guy. Because that was the thing that stuck with me when I first, I was like, I remember going home and be like, this fucking dude rhymed riboflavin and phytoplankton. I remember you telling me that. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm glad you picked up on that because I'm writing this. I'm like, how many people are going to know what the hell I'm talking about right now? And I remember just now because I remember when it was still at that place in the South Loop, because um, that's where it was when I first saw you perform, I because I'm very into high quality lyrics like in-depth uh, high alliteration and just like complex mm -hmm. I remember just hooking on to like every single word and being like oh shit like he said oh my god <laughs> like you know that kind of stuff mm -hmm. and that's the type of stuff where it's like now when you're in front of other people like what are the things that they hit and maybe you're already doing this but it's like what are the things that you see they are hitting on that they're like oh damn versus like yeah you know, like the nodding along. Mm -hmm. Like when we do our presentations, I always actually look for who's the one person in the room who's deeply engaged with what we're saying. The, and then when I find that person, the rest of our presentation is, in my mind, I say it's for that one person. Because mm -hmm. if I can do it well for that one person, it's going to mean more to that person and it's going to be a better presentation for everyone else. Everyone else instead yeah. of trying to get in, you know, trying to get everyone's Trying to play to every single person, I should say. Mm -hmm. That that makes perfect sense, dude. There are plenty of times, like in the middle of a set, like I don't know, it's like this intuitive feeling. Like I know the songs are good, but what song to play, right? Yeah. So like in the middle of a set, I'll call an audible. You know, like 
so I'll see the person engaging, right? And I'm, my favorite thing is when somebody is kind of dancing, but you can tell they're kind of listening to lyrics too. <laughs> and, you know, if that person stops moving, I'm going to be like, all right, let me put out another track that was similar or that'll invoke that. And like, yeah. you know, yeah, calling an audible in the middle of it to try to make it a better performance. Yeah. Because if you can get one person dancing, the chances are that more everyone else is going to start. Right. Mm-hmm. bobbing and nodding because they'll like come out of their shell and be like you know sometimes you just get that stone cold audience that just stands there and stares at you which like, is tough it's which is because you can't tell if they're enjoying it <laughs> yeah which i realize most of the case they're trying to listen to the right. lyrics but i want people en- i want people yeah. having a good time i don't want this to be class you know right. what i mean like i mean obviously like that's your guys goal is to have a class yeah yeah okay but my goal is like to entertain people. No, but that's I mean, even our. I mean, yeah, that's, that's our I was goal. about to say that's it, your that goal is too. Our goal. That is to entertain. Goal. To make an entertaining. Yeah, everyone to course, sing yeah. Fresh Prince of Bel Air during our last class. So yeah. We're <laughs> so we're not so different, you and I. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we got to wrap up uh, before we do. Uh, where can our listeners find you, and what are you working on? All right, shameless plug. Here it goes. Um, JXLRap.com. That's JXLRap.com. Um, I'm working on this new album, Document 37. It's going to be like 19 or 20 tracks. Um, Coming out May 1st. If you go to the website, jxlrap.com, you can find it there. Also on Twitter, I'm at jxlrap, jxlrap on Twitter and Instagram and all that good stuff. Um, See the links for the YouTube videos on there. Um, yeah, that's J-X-L-R-A-P. <laughs> we'll put it in the show notes. And get... J-X-L-R-A-P. <laughs> and Scoop Document 35, his last album, while you're on his website. Because that's some dope shit. Yeah, but I promise you this new thing coming out is like at least 37 times better than that one. <laughs> 37 you. times you. better thank or you. two times better? <laughs> thank you for the giggle. <laughs> it's two times better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, um, so to wrap up then, let's go around. We'll start with Martin. We'll close with JXL. Um, Martin, how do you be the boss? Uh, I think it's by knowing that it's up to you. Like, don't don't sit in church waiting for someone to hear you singing a hymn and think it's going to happen. Like, if you're not out there doing it and showing people that you're doing it, you're never going to get seen. There's too much noise in the world. To add on to that, my answer for how do you be the boss is you've got to get over the fear of selling your work, putting a price tag on your work and getting it in front of people to try and sell it. Mm -hmm. Because if you are afraid to sell, you have no money to do what you want to do. Yes. So how to be a boss. Um, I'll kind of agree with you and lead by example. That's 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 a great idea. I mean, that's just great because mm-hmm. you know you can guilt trip so many people into doing their work. But we all have worked for I don't know if you guys ever worked for a shitty boss that guilt trips you. Mm-hmm. You don't want to do that. You know that is not an effective way to motivate people. I, leading by example. Like for example, okay, my roommate. So like I didn't do the you know one day I didn't do the dishes and one day I see he just went in there and did them all he wasn't like dude why the hell don't you do the dishes but he did the dishes and so I kind of felt like oh shit like <laughs> I definitely should do my dishes because you know he did it like so I yeah. need to go in there and do it so yeah. that way he doesn't have to do all my dishes I'm gonna double wash them yeah I'm gonna double wash them <laughs> to show him that I'm a responsible adult damn it. <laughs> and so yeah that's it leading by example I, I agree with both of you nice yeah 
Before we depart, you want to drop a few bars? Shit. All right. Ah. Let's see. He's some bars. <laughs> His thing, whenever I rap, I clear my throat. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Like, oh, yes. Are you, you about gotta, to rap? You got to clear your throat. Always. Make sure. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, what's something relevant? I don't know. You want to do the riboflavin rap? Okay. All right. <laughs> I don't think that I've acquired enough. I'ma move and just do it, like Shia LaBeouf. All these stupid dumb humans are just buying the stuff, the tyrant stuff in the tube, and they're just piling funds. Life is pointless. I'ma keep saying the same thing. I just wanna hang like an orangutan, babe. And if you suck, I'ma wang, I'ma dang a lang K. Just say no, like Nancy Reagan may say, to all the bullshit going on. Brainwashing, the cool kids are Pokemon. They caught me in a web of different trends. They saucing, whatever that fucking means. Lay off me, Jay's Aussie, I'm going down under. To your babe's brassy, I'm gonna pound funk her. Cause I stay raunchy because they want me just like I drank coffee, you profound upper. All you righteous ones, fuck your moral standards. I spice shit up like some coriander. I always see weed like some nori asher. I pass her, but I'm not scorning those importing that herb. Tore the damn earth and embarking a goal. Whoa, cause anti-capitalism is marketable. Well, you're sparking a bowl. I'm alone making art in the home. Cathartic with soul. It is healthy like garlic is, yo. You need a sense of humor. Sometimes you feel... You know, defenseless neutered, but we all exist in an immense computer, so there's no reason to be depressive losers. Nah, nothing matters at all. I quit my job and got rapping involved. I'd rather be smashing some vaginal walls than be a cashier or mechanical doll. I'm a man, an adult! (laughs) (laughs) Nice! Wait, who am I? Pounding you or tapping you? Okay. Turkey! JXL, thank you for joining us on the show. Yeah, man, no problem. All right. That was our conversation with JXL. JXL, thank you for joining us, spitting some bars and dropping some knowledge bombs as we all talked about being the boss. Did you, the listener, enjoy this episode? If so, the best compliment that you can give us is subscribing to this show on iTunes and leaving a rating and review. Ratings and reviews help more people find the show and more people then can discover their inner awesome. For full show notes, resources, and where you can contact JXL and get his album, head over to idealemon.com. We've got it all listed there. Tie a bow on this one. Shout out again to JXL. Thank you for joining us. For Martin McGovern, I am Rajiv Nathan. You have been listening to the Discover Your Inner Awesome podcast. We'll see you next time. But in the meantime, take care. And be awesome today. Gonna chug it all the lemonade. Cause life gave it to me. I would like to spank a booty, throw a live grenade into the other sets that play before mine. Cause I know I'm so vain. I adore my music. It is dope as cocaine. Hydrochloride foresight. I'll get so laid. I'll explore life for I'm in my old age. Dinosaur like. I'ma smash it all like a fucking cannonball. Mad involved. Got them cracking balls like an Adderall. I feel like a tour when I'm slamming y'all. I'ma leave your girls coat sore. Better grab a hole. My whole catalog of rapping songs is rather log an animal. When I am at her walls, got her screaming, making catter walls. So tomorrow, I am burning. Out her heart and soul Princess Pete gets a D Work around like cardio Sorry bro I had to tap that ass Yeah I may be a turtle But I can smash that fast I get mass badass As Mad Max And I'm back for the attack Better Snapchat that Bitch where you and I was calling Now I run the kingdom Got Mario calling King Cooper Everybody wanna get the shell off Cooper Green man Clinging so up Bitch where you and I was calling Now I run the kingdom Got Mario calling King Cooper Everybody wanna get the shell off Cooper Green man Clinging so up King Koopa, 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 King Koopa,